0: to 172 this is a podcast where we interview 172 inspiring people of color to commemorate the 172 reported black lives lost to police brutality through these interviews we explore the themes of systemic racism and how it's embedded within our culture and society but most importantly how our interviewees overcame these adversities despite all the odds against them these inspiring and touching stories truly ground the audience and the realities many American minorities encounter every single day. These same stories, though, uplift our audience. They remind the audience that despite all the narratives, all the stereotypes, despite the mechanisms of social norms squeezing them into an unnatural mold, human potential prevails. Their human potential reflects resilience. Their personal triumphs show how we can embody our own identities while accomplishing our aspirations. They truly reveal how anything is possible, even in a world that wants you to remain silent. This is 172. Olivia Wells, a 15-year-old Florida native and rising sophomore at Episcopal School Jacksonville, is the third of four children and the seventh Wells to attend Episcopal, each experiencing similar racial barriers as the last. She's known for displaying a quiet confidence, yet she's not afraid to adamantly use her voice to advocate for racial and social injustices experienced by minorities. Through her influence in the classroom, she tries to communicate these injustices to her peers and superiors in the hopes of leaving a long-lasting impact on their rigid learning mindsets. She is currently on the Awareness, Inclusion, and Respect Council for her school along with the Discipline Council, and she is part of the community of students strongly advocating for the creation of a Black student union. As she goes through her high school career, she plans to grow as a status of an activist and role model to younger Black students undergoing the same racial trauma that she went through at such a young age. Taylor, of Indian and African-American descent, takes pride in knowing that her ancestors on both sides of her family fought to rise up and defeat the oppressors during the 20th century. That's where her fighting spirit comes from. Please welcome Taylor and Olivia Wells. This episode is a memory of Atatiana Jefferson and Ahmaud Arbery.
1: I started experiencing it in about sixth grade. I went to a predominantly black school. It was a magnet school. And that's like the first time I've ever heard like the N-word used and like all that stuff. But then like the couple white people that were there, they used the N-word, but like nobody really said anything. And then that was in sixth grade. And then switching to Episcopal the next year, predominantly white, like, I was never in a room with only black people like I was in sixth grade. And it was like, so, 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 so different. Like it's like I was experiencing things every day and like it was so like sudden that I didn't really know how to handle it. Like I didn't know if I could tell somebody and if it would change. So I kind of just kept it to myself until really ninth grade year when I realized that like this isn't normal you know like I needed to tell people what was going on and then maybe they would listen yeah
2: yeah um for me it's it's been I it really happened when we came to Episcopal obviously just because of the the people there they have I guess standards for um, black people and they have all these microaggressions that come with that um so I know a lot of that was I experienced the on the negative end um I've there's been times it's down to the very little things like oh my gosh your hair looks so good straight like I don't like it when it's curly like that may not seem like as an insult to them but to us it's like Oh, you don't want us to be in our natural form, like how we were born. Um, it's little things to the microaggressions, all the way to when a boy told a, my classmate that black girls, uh, no one wants to date a black girl, like not even black guys want to date black girls. So, it's it's definitely a spectrum, and I guess it's I guess people who are racist at the school fall on every little level of that spectrum. So, it's just a matter of where they fall.
0: Yeah, yeah. and since y'all are like in different grades, do you see, well, is there a difference in how the school has handled it, do you think, between like when you first arrived, Taylor, and then when you got here, Olivia, or has it been like relatively the same?
2: It's been relatively the same, but I think after everything has come to surface, we will see a change because, again, like, most of the administration obviously is not in the shoes of black and brown students, so I think we have to give them that grace of, yes, understanding and seeing it happen, but then also holding each other accountable to make sure that change does come and that it gradually happens over time. Um, so, yes, I'll admit in the past, nothing really has been done about it, it's been very passive in the way things have been handled. but. I have a hope that gradually in the future things will become better. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like the things that
1: I have brought to attention, they didn't get the punishment that I expected that they would get, Um, and I couldn't really do anything about it. Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't really do anything about it, but I feel like now that more and more Black students at Episcopal are stepping up and, like, sharing their stories and stuff like that, they have no choice but to listen. Like, they have to listen to us, they have to change things, or our demands are just going to become stricter at this point. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's like, the thing with what's going on is that it's, like, so allowed that like you can't escape it like you can't mm-hmm. just like ignore it at this point because if you are then it's just blatantly like showing that you are choosing to not acknowledge it and kind of going back to something that you were saying Tay, with like um never having like enough representation within like the administration how do you like what does like black representation mean to you within like an educational environment
2: I think just us having a voice. And then I remember I wrote in my English paper, like with um, more perspective comes more understanding. So I feel like the more perspective we have on all the way from obviously black and brown students to white students, like the more understanding can come about in situations where white people may not understand what it feels like to be discriminated against. So, yeah. I feel like, for me,
1: like it's like obviously my dad, her uncle, he is the only black teacher except for Dean Hodges that's there, and I feel like only seeing black people as inferior, like PE coaches and like stuff like that, it kind of like it made me feel like that's the only thing that we could get, di- that we could get. Like I know that my dad worked so hard to get where he is right now and to get the respect that he has right now. And all all his students respect him because of that. And I feel like having my dad as that one teacher, I'm so lucky, but like all the other black students who might not know my dad, who like are in middle school and stuff, they don't really have role model for them, except for like the PE teachers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just feel like what you're saying is totally right, Taylor. Like, um. I remember in my psych class we were talking about how like with empathy and like empathy is like the only way that you can dissolve any kind of tension because you just build like this foundation for understanding one another and any tension that does exist is really just rooted in the fact of a misunderstanding. and. When you do encounter like these racist remarks, whether they be from like microaggressions or to just like full on like racist interactions, how does like the student body typically react? Like how do you see the reaction through your perspective?
2: Mostly it's been, I know my friends, like you obviously, I try and keep friends around that I know have the same interest at heart um so my friend group I would say they would they would fight for me um but there's also the other half or more than half that thinks it's funny or like they don't take it seriously obviously because they don't experience the negative end of it but they just think it's funny and it's just something that happens but it's obviously upsetting from our end because it's something we experience day to day and um yeah. It's just it's just something that I try and keep people around that I know will um, fight for me when the time comes. Yeah. 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 I totally
1: agree. I do the same thing with my friend group. It's just in my grade I feel like there's no other black kids that are in a position to care enough about what's happening that won't like affect their friend group you now. Yeah. I feel like Like something happened and everyone told me not to tell on this guy because it would ruin his baseball career. Like, yeah. I, at the end of the day, I really, if he, if he's scared of ruining his baseball career, he wouldn't have done what he did in the first place. And so I felt kind of like helpless that nobody, well, except for my friends, that nobody, like, even other Black kids, like, like, understood me. And so, I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like they don't understand, and it's kind of, like, shielding everyone's eyes. Like, everyone's kind of just looking away from what happened because it didn't happen to them personally, and they don't understand how hard it could affect a Black person for something racist to happen to them
0: yeah yeah and I feel like there's like two things at play there it's like for a lot of like white people I feel like they just think that like racism isn't real like I don't know how to explain that but I feel like whenever I hear things like going down the hallway like I don't think people understand the gravity of their words and like what they're saying and just kind of like the history behind everything not only just like the n-word but just like making like racist remarks and stereotypes like I don't think they understand how hard like black people in general have to work to not only get where they are but like beat every stigma that's around them which is just like so, like I commend that so much and then and coming from I I mean like this would be like my guess since I'm obviously like not in that disposition but from someone who would be interacting with like racist remarks whether it be within like their friend group or just like outside I feel like because there isn't that much of a support system and because there isn't that much of black representation where we are like they don't feel comfortable sticking up for themselves because they know that would be a battle they'd have to fight alone and they rather have the security of having what is like the bare minimum of a support group rather than like defending themselves which is just really saddening to think about that how people are Don't feel safe to really like stand up for themselves because they need, I guess, like bare minimum security instead. And, like, how do you think, like, in the future, we're going to see the school kind of take an approach towards a more active response with interactions like these?
1: I feel like the only thing that they can do is meet with the people who are experiencing these things like they need to know firsthand what it's like not from like a teacher or like an ally but somebody who is black and who's experiencing this and they need to know the emotion that they felt when things like this happened. because i truly think that they just don't understand and it's i get it like it's hard to see it it's very hard to see it when you're not going through it yourself but you just have to show empathy because that's the only way things are going to ca- are going to change.
2: Yeah, I also I agree hundred percent with Olivia. Um, but they have supposedly a hundred percent intolerance um, for when things happen, um, whether it be racial or just plain ignorance. Um, because with my is there's been a lot of instances where it's just been a slap on the hand when someone has. Um, done something that was racially charged, and um, going forward, I know that the school is making a heavy effort, but not just say 100% intolerance, but make the the physical effort to like, hey, it's one strike and you're out, because I feel like giving three strikes for something so hurtful gives an example for the rest of the student body, like, oh, we have three strikes to do this, or hey, I'm not going to get in trouble. There's no um repercussions for my actions when hurting a student based on the color of their skin so i feel like that is something that should be held in highest importance Mm
0: -hmm. and just like with where we are right now like how do you think the administration is going to react just because like i know that there are some teachers who like they don't mean they don't have the intentions to come off as like racially biased and things like that. But it's just like the culture that the school kind of breeds that maybe like blinds like either students or teachers. So like, I don't know, what has been your experience with teachers in the past and like confronting them about things? And do you, how do you think going forward that's going to change?
1: I feel like, well, personally for me with teachers, it's never been like directly like racist. it's usually a microaggression and it's so like tiny that sometimes i don't even notice it but like i think about that in my head i'm like wait that was, that was kind of that's kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. so i honestly i haven't confronted them because i feel like sometimes it's like too small and i shouldn't think like that but it's usually the things like about my hair like one time we were doing a braiding activity in um in history and i just got box braids done the day before and my history teacher was like oh like you got your hair done perfect for this activity like and he just kept going on and on like about my hair and i like i think it's just so uncomfortable because it just brings everyone's attention to your hair and it's kind of like like i feel like they think it's a compliment and like like I feel like the only thing to stop stuff like that, like microaggressions like that, is education. And they mm-hmm. have to be willing to educate themselves. Mm-hmm. And if like if they don't, then that just says a lot about who they are.
0: Really like when I when I talk to other people about this subject, it's like hair is such a sensitive topic because once again, like it's just another barrier that a lot of black people have to go over to work just as hard to like configure this image that validates them through a white person's eyes. And it's just like, there's so much gravity behind that as well. And it's just like you were saying, Olivia, it's just education is like at the root of it. And um What do you think is, like, the most frustrating thing when you do confront someone about, like, these racist interactions or when you are confronted with these racist interactions? Like, what's the most frustrating aspect from whoever it may be?
2: for me it's just what's what was heartbreaking when I told you about the boy who said no one would want to date a black girl like not even black guys want to date black girls da 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 da. Most heartbreaking part for me was how he found humor in, because I know he saw in our eyes how painful it was for him to say things like that and how he could just chuckle and just act like it was just a joke like a yo mama joke like it was just it was something that that was what made me upset for weeks and months after, was just how careless people are. And just recognizing how ignorance is, is really bliss for people who can say those things and just laugh it off and walk away. Um, because there's, I found anger in, it's not fair that we have to experience these things day to day without end and feel this type of pain because people are so ignorant to not realize how it affects us. Um, That's the most heartbreaking part.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel like for me, in most cases, when I confront someone, like when they ask me for the inward pass or something like that, they're like, oh, you're overreacting, like just chill out. Like, uh, like that, like how, it's not your place to tell me when I'm overreacting when you're the one being racist towards me right right like I like it would be like I feel like it would be a little different if it was a white person telling another white person not to say the n-word but I'm black like you're telling me that I'm overreacting for something that you that we took away and that you're using that you used before that white people use to imprison us Like, I feel like they just don't understand the gravity of how much that word holds. And I feel like because they can't say it, they want to say it more.
2: And then also, I just feel like addressing it school-wide, like raw and in person, it's none of those respect the dignity of every human being. Like, it needs to be, it can't be passive, it needs to be direct. Like this is the problem and you will not be tolerated here if you continue to go against what we say in this handbook. Um, so I think we just need to get rid of that passive attitude towards racism at the school and just face it face to face. That's really the only way to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And it's like what I don't want to happen is I don't want to go back to school and we have an assembly on the first day about everything and it's like a passive assembly and then they think they mark the checkbox for what it means to be like racially accepting and nothing else happens throughout the year because the thing is that like these conversations are not consistent enough for people to understand like the gravity of them like we only have these conversations when something happens at the school and it's like we should have these conversations like Just consistently, like, we shouldn't just be talking about this when something happens. We should be talking about this because we are educating our student body. Um, And I just feel like if things, because, like, I feel like people see these assemblies more so as a punishment than as a learning experience. And it just shouldn't be that way, you know.
1: They talk about the air council. That's the thing that they say is, like, like, um should help, like, with the Black Lives Matter movement and all that stuff, last year, I went to one of those meetings, and first of all, I was the only Black person in there, and second of all, like, they, like, it wasn't what the, what the deans hyped it up to be, like, whenever we say, like, Black Student Union, they're like, oh, we have the Air Council, it's not, it's not that. Like a Black Student Union needs to be a place for Black for Black students to talk about these issues and talk about it with somebody who knows where they're coming from, and that's so so important. And I feel like that's like they say that's because they don't want it because it's excluding other people, like out like. to talk about black issues and like for people to have a safe place to come and talk about those things right
0: yeah what would be like your suggestion for the school to promote more of an anti-racist culture
1: i think like taylor said before like just not having a three strikes you're out thing like one strike and we have a meeting with your parents like and then that's it because if they're saying, oh, like, every time I report something, they just got a warning or like, lunch duty or something. Like, lunch duty isn't gonna fix a racist mind. <laughs> <Wow>. like, <laughs> like, I feel like it, they're going easy on them because it's their first offense, but something like that is ingrained in somebody's mind that doesn't just go away with lunch duty, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like lunch duty is just, like, I get lunch duty if I'm not wearing my uniform. Mm. If someone says the N-word, I shouldn't have, like, that person should not have the same punishment as me. Right. Yeah, Because right. that just shows, like, where your priorities are.
2: Right. It's, it's, all, it's like a slap in the face to us as minority students. Like, are we only worthy enough for someone to just be racist towards us and only that person only get a lunch duty like is that really how much you care about us and that's and it's it's things like that that disheartens me because it's although we shouldn't have to be on an agenda but i feel like we're all the way at the bottom like we're we're nowhere near the top of their agenda although yes it's frustrating that things like this have happened at the school, I would also say that I am somewhat proud to be at a community compared to a Bulls or a BK that hasn't said anything or that hasn't publicly made an effort to say, you know what, we're going to to get through this together and find ways to make this better. Because us, I feel like we're really loners in the city right now, trying to actually strive for change. Um, So really me being a part us being a part of the Episcopal community right now has been something that I have been somewhat proud of, not for the racial things that have happened, but for how they've responded compared to big main schools around us. Because I know I have friends at Bulls, Black friends at Bulls that are hurting because the administration has shown little to no care for the things that they've experienced. And so that's just something that I find hope in that our community is has publicly announced and said that they all make physical efforts to make the situation better so that's something that comes to my mind right
1: I, I totally agree um I feel like I'm very lucky to have the power to be able to talk to administration as a ninth grader mm-hmm. like yeah. as like my little brother or something like that and they also have reached out to my parents and like my parents have reached out to them so i feel like a lot of students at other schools might not feel comfortable reaching out to their superiors because maybe they are the ones that are the problem you know right yeah and i feel like like i can see in the school year like me like me along with other black students like talking to the deans and like stuff like that And I feel like that's such a privilege to have, to be able to have their ear, to listen.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. I just feel like we're like in a way like so lucky to go to the school that we go to because like, it really is like, I don't know what I think about our school is like, it's such a great learning environment. And I'm truly grateful for like the experiences that I have at this school and while like there are a lot of like problematic situations that occur like our school kind of tries to take an active approach to anything and while like nothing in the past has like really ever promoted somewhat of an essence of permanent change I feel like they're really taking the time to actively listen to these problems because as an administration they genuinely want change. And I think that's something that sets us apart from other schools. Other schools are just putting out statements for the sake of like their reputation. And you know, they're, they're not having their accounts follow the white supremacist pages. our school's right. taking an active like approach towards like punitive punishment for whoever did that. They want to, us to know that like there will be change, not just for the benefit of their image, but because like, it's just intolerable to have behavior like that. And I guess just to wrap things up, what would be your messages towards people who feel lost and unheard right now?
1: Don't let anybody else dictate the time it takes for you to heal. Mm. Um, it could take a week, a month, like some days I just don't wanna get out of the bed, like I'm like, why, why is this happening, you know? and I feel like you can't let especially your white peers tell you oh you're gonna be okay like stuff like that it's kind of an interpersonal thing like talk to your black friends check in on your black friends because they could have they could be having a different experience especially if they go to a different school like Bulls. like my friends at Bulls, it's hard for them and I have it easier, and sometimes you have to humble yourself that way to find a way to talk to them and help them through what they're going through as well.
2: Um, um, for me, it, was just, yeah, it would be the same as Olivia, just take care of yourself during this time. I know it, it's, it's a very heavy time, and sometimes it feels like we won't get through this, um, But I feel like we have to empower ourselves and know that we are the generation to make changes and to make this world a better place for us and for the kids behind us. And so just find hope and find power and strength in that. And um, just, yeah, keep pushing through. We got to, we still have to arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. So sign petitions, email, call, whatever you can do. Um, Because the fight is not over. It's not a trend. Thank you.